Mary therefore took a pound of ointment of right spikenard of great price and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Words from today's Holy Gospel. This Gospel is proof that we poor creatures can make reparation for wrongs done to our blessed Lord. Not only does he allow this, but makes it possible and wants us to do this. This is why he has inspired so many saints and holy people to make reparation. Now, one of the examples of this is St. Teresa of Jesus. She, on reading today's gospel, was upset that Jesus went into Jerusalem, was welcomed with such fanfare, and then he had to go back out of Jerusalem to find a supper. He's like, what, what's he doing out of there? Why do you have to leave the town? These people are mean. So she's like, she says, I want to make a sanctuary for him in my heart this week to give him a home because he's not welcomed in his own home. Well, this idea of making reparation, this means that not only can man add to the sufferings of the Lord in his passion by his sins, every time we sin, we add to the passion of Jesus. We know that. But the flip side is, is that we can also subtract from these sufferings by acts of reparation. Man can deflect these sufferings. He can soften the blows. So by making reparation, we can soothe the aching heart of our Lord through faith and love. And today's gospel is proof of this. Further, each generation is called to make up for the sins of its own time, especially, for example, when saying the Stations of the Cross. Keep in mind that we're not just saying these for our own selves, but where it's a source of comfort, where we are providing a source of comfort to our Lord who saw us as he himself was making the way of the cross the first time. And that gave him great comfort to see that someone was walking with him. Maybe not in his own day, but in the future, there would be people making the way of the cross. Just as he was suffering and dying for the sins of our time, so also he saw those who made reparation for them in our time. Just as the Blessed Virgin helped him make the first way of the cross, so also she inspires many of the Lord's faithful friends to join her in their way of the cross in their own time, to console their suffering Lord. Now, one of the threads that joins together all her apparitions, La Salette, Lourdes, Fatima, Akita, is what? Reparation. Make reparation. Today's gospel provides a scriptural basis for making this reparation. So note that there's a sort of spiritual battle going on between the faithful and the unfaithful. Nothing changes, right? Note who the faithful one is, the contemplative Mary Magdalene, the repentant sinful woman, the one at whose request our Lord raised Lazarus from the dead. He saw her tears. He heard her prayer. And it was because of her, he said, okay, I'm going to bring him out. Of course, this represents 
the power of our Lord to bring back the most hardened sinners, even if they be dead and rotting in their sins, at the beckoning of his devoted spouses, the nuns. Now, we know that Mary Magdalene was devoted to Our Lady as well. Notice that the faithful one, Judas, is an apostle and soon to be a bishop, a member of the clergy, the hierarchy. Thus, he provides a sort of worst-case scenario. We know he became a devil because of disbelief in the Eucharist, as related in John chapter 6, the discourse on the Eucharist. But notice the occasion today in the battle going on in this room. They were what? They were at table with the Lord. Could this be like a pointing to the fact what's going to happen at a different, as it were, table, a different altar? So here's the battle. One lacks faith and is stealing. The other believes. And what does she do? She pours herself out at the feet of the Lord. She gives herself completely to the Lord, symbolized by the prodigal use of oil and of her hair for drying his feet. Far from stealing, she is magnanimous. Well, the one speaks out and makes a din about social justice and poverty, knowing the price of everything but the value of nothing. The other remains silent, recollected, and reverent at the Lord's feet. Judas later cuts a deal with the chief priests and the elders to sell our Lord for 30 pieces of silver. They were very legal, weren't they? Because that's the highest price they could pay for a human being, according to the law. 30 pieces of silver. They counted him to be a slave. They knew the price of everything and the value of nothing. The Magdalene comes to his tomb to take her to herself if necessary, if it were possible. Even his dead and mangled body, she values everything that's of value and doesn't count the cost. I'll take his body, give it to me. Even though she's a woman, she can't carry all that. The one has his feet washed by the blessed Lord himself and the other washes and anoints the Lord's feet. The one receives Holy Communion in sin. As it were, it was night. The other loves our Lord's body so much that she does not easily let it go. The one kisses him in the garden, the height of total hypocrisy and betrayal. The other kisses his feet and clings to them in loving affection. The one repents unto himself and hangs himself in despair. The other repented to of her sins from the heart to the Lord with compunction. She fell at the feet of the Lord even while he was crucified and received his merciful love and cleansed her soul. This is very consoling to the Lord. The one is full of self-love, the other full of love for God. Certainly they are opposed to each other and show how a contemplative woman makes reparation for a fallen apostle in her own time and in her own place. We need Mary Magdalene's now to make reparation for all the Eucharistic abuses going on in the church today. All the fallen apostles, 
It's a clear lesson from today's gospel. So this, to me, seems to be a clear example of how all of us are called to make reparation for even the most terrible crimes committed in the church and in the world around us, each for those of his own day and time. How can we do this? By making our soul a sanctuary of faith and love and humble dedication to the Lord in the Eucharist. St. Therese said, For thee, my anointment jar, I break. The perfume of my life is thine. And so each of us can make reparation. Me, a priest, how do I make reparation? By saying Mass as best I can. By conforming myself as perfectly as possible to the rubrics of the Mass. I conform myself to the order established by God. When I approach this altar, I conform myself to Christ, to His law as provided for me through His church. I don't make it conform to me. That's evil. I conform myself to that, to the church. That is pleasing to God and brings about reparation. And all of us are called to do that. When we receive communion, we strive to receive it as best we can. We conform ourselves to the rules of the church on receiving communion. And that is pleasing to God. This is how we make reparation. We strive with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole strength to conform ourselves to Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We do our duties of our state in life to the best we can and we make reparation. It's when we try to make things fit our own self-love as Judas did, we sin and we make our Lord suffer in His passion. Let us strive then to make reparation by conforming ourselves completely to Christ and Him crucified. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost,